Hello White Oak and welcome. My name is Kevin and I'm one of the pastors here. Today we are in our last week in our series Monsters. Thanks Danny for recapping all of that for us. Did you know that Halloween is the second highest grossing holiday only behind Christmas? I mean think about that. Candy, costumes, decorations, corn mazes, haunted trails, pumpkins. I know some of you could do without all the monster talk, but it's obvious that as a culture, America is obsessed with this stuff. I personally don't like being scared, but I know that there are a lot of people who love it. Whether it's a scary movie or going to one of those scary haunted houses, I've heard about one of those places. It's called the Fear Factory, and they have a website where they show the faces of the people who walk through during one of their scariest times. Let's look at a few of these together because when it's not you being scared, it's really kind of funny. So here's the first one. I mean, nothing like showing up with your bros only to be petrified together as a group. Man, yeah, look at this one. It's like, uh, hey, I'm gonna use you for a human shield. Uh, nothing really manly about this picture. Um, I don't know about you, but if that's my boyfriend, I'm a little bit frightened because he looks like he's more afraid than she is. And this next one is, uh, is good. He's using these girls as a human shield. And this last one, I just love this one because of that girl's eyes. Like, I don't even know if I could get my eyes to do that. We can laugh at that, right? Look, the purpose of this series is to use all the movie and TV show monsters to make a greater point, to show you some different sides to the problems we face. Those monsters are made up stories. Real life monsters are way scarier than the ones portrayed on the big screen or on TV. So we have to take some of these famous stories and use them as a springboard to talk about biblical truths. In week one, we looked at vampires and we talked about the monsters that drain us, that suck the life out of us. Scary thing is that sometimes that can be me. Week two, we looked at the werewolf and wild anger. God gives us a spirit of peace. We cannot allow our anger to control us. Last week, we looked at Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We talked about hypocrisy and living double lives and that we don't have to let our past or our mistakes define who we are as a person. Today, we look at the monster of the zombie. There is no more current active monster portrayed in modern media. When we talk about 2020 and all the craziness that's happening, the running joke is to be on the lookout for a zombie apocalypse. Because what else could go wrong? Am I right? I'll be honest. I'm not a zombie person. I've never watched The Walking Dead. We don't really do scary in our house. Katie can't even watch a commercial for a scary movie without getting the heebie-jeebies. 
So we just avoid them for a bunch of different reasons. But they are everywhere in pop culture. These mindless, walking dead people looking only to consume and fill a hunger that never seems to be satisfied. You may not be aware of it, but the Bible talks about zombies. Maybe not the kind you see in movies or on TV, but walking dead people? Paul talks all about that in his letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul is someone who we talk a lot about. He was a follower of Jesus in the first century and the author of much of the New Testament. He was one of the apostles. He was a missionary that went around planting churches in the Roman world. Paul often wrote letters to these churches as an encouragement and a teaching. We use these letters for the exact same purpose today. So in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul addresses this idea of walking around dead. Here is what he wrote. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the power in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, once you were dead. Paul reminds the Christians living in Ephesus that there was a time where they walked around like dead people because of their sin, because of their disobedience. Paul goes on to say in verse 3, that all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. All of us were dead in our sin. I don't know about you, but that can be hard to hear. As a person who grew up in the church, I can often overlook the fact that I once was dead, that there was a point in my life where I was without Jesus. So Paul reminds the Christians that all of us were once walking around like zombies. He doesn't do it as a put down or even as a discouragement. He does it to remind them of a greater truth, to show them how far they've come. Bigger than the fact that they were once dead is that they have been made alive. That's our big idea today. Jesus brings us back to life. The beauty of the gospel, the story of Jesus, is that we are not left for dead. We are not abandoned. There is hope in Jesus. We are alive in him. Paul continues in Ephesians, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. That's Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. I love that Paul points to God's mercy and love. 
It's why he simply refused to leave us walking around dead with no hope. He had to do something about it. Though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Movie zombies are not real. But there are plenty of us who have been walking around dead inside. Here are some signs of real life zombies that we should be on the lookout for. Number one, no hope. Just as Paul described in his letter, the number one thing to be aware of is that zombies have no hope. Our hope is found in Jesus. Because of sin, we were all dead, but Jesus brings us back to life. For every one of us, there are moments, situations, seasons that we go through that seem hopeless. How will this ever get better? How can I get out of this mess that I'm in? When will we be able to take these masks off and feel safe? I have two thoughts here. First, I do think that for most people, no matter what you are going through, there will be brighter days ahead. I believe that. I've seen it and I've experienced it before. There are valley moments, but they help us appreciate those mountaintop sunrises. So yes, I look forward to and trust that all of this that we're dealing with is just a season. And I do believe that there are better days ahead. I also recognize that while we do experience hope here on earth, the hope and the life that Jesus brings is not about here and now. Our promise is not for this life, but it is for eternity. Jesus brings hope for eternity with God. That leads us to number two, no purpose. The second thing that I want us to see about zombies is that they have no purpose. In movies, zombies walk around mindlessly, aimlessly, searching for something to consume. They don't have dreams or plans. They have a mission, but it's not one that they can control. There is nothing that motivates them beyond their unsatisfied hunger. Here's the danger. While most of us in this room would consider ourselves believers in Jesus, we've been saved by his grace. We are still at risk of walking around like a zombie. I mean, how many of you have felt dead inside? It felt like you were just going through the motions of life. You've lost your purpose. Sometimes we just walk around consuming. We consume media, we consume materials, possessions, looking for something to fill us. We try drugs or alcohol or sex, but nothing satisfies. In John chapter 10, Jesus describes this battle that we are in. He says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. We have an enemy. His purpose is to kill and destroy. And destroy our life, our relationships, and our future. Zombies are walking dead. The enemy has killed their hope, killed their purpose, destroyed their future. But Jesus offers something much, much different. 
Jesus came to rescue us from this death. Jesus says that his purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So the enemy comes to kill, but Jesus comes to give life. And not just any life, but a full, rich, satisfying life. Remember how we said that zombies are constantly feeding, never satisfied? Well, Jesus offers us a life that fills us. And next week, we're going to begin a new series called Full of It, where we are going to take a deep look at what John 10.10 and this idea of full life is all about. We'll look at what full life in Jesus really looks like. Jesus, by breathing life into us, gives us a purpose. And I encourage you to join us for this exciting new series as we look at the purpose that Jesus brings into our life. So, as we said earlier, the real danger for most of us is that we slip into complacency. Honestly, we become lazy. Jesus has this amazing life for us, but we're living like dead people. That's something that I want you to see. Jesus has brought us back to life. We once were dead, but have been made alive. But far too many of us are going through life as if we are still dead. In John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking to his disciples as he's preparing to go to the cross. In this chapter, Jesus is describing himself as a vine and us as branches. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is a great metaphor for our relationship to Jesus. Jesus is saying that he is the vine and that we are the branches. What happens if you cut off a branch from the main vine. It might look alive for a few hours or a few days, but eventually it withers up and dies. If we want to produce the fruit in our life that Jesus brings, we must stay connected to our power source. Zombies have no purpose. As a follower of Jesus, I have been given a purpose. I have a mission Jesus has filled me with the Holy Spirit to share with others the good news about who Jesus is. He has deployed me into my family, into my community, into my workplace to be on mission for the kingdom of God. Zombies walk around aimlessly trying to destroy anything in their path. I'm on mission trying to bring life to everyone I meet. So zombies have no hope. Zombies have no purpose. And zombies have no future. That's the third thing that we want to look at. We touched on this just a few moments ago. The enemy tries to destroy our future, but Jesus came to give us a future. When Jesus was on earth, lots of people wanted to talk to him about how to get to heaven. They wanted to know what was necessary to earn eternal life. We struggle with some of this today as well. People are worried about their futures. We've got Roth IRAs and 401ks. 
We've got savings accounts, CDs, financial planners, all because we want a secure future. We study hard and we get good grades because we want a good job in the future. We shoot hundreds of free throws or run hundreds of miles, practice our instruments for hundreds of hours, all with the hope of a good future. We are concerned with our futures. One man who was a religious leader of his time, he snuck out to meet with Jesus in the middle of the night. Imagine that. This man, Nicodemus, wanted to speak with Jesus so bad, but he knew that his friends wouldn't be for it. So he sneaks out in the middle of the night to find Jesus for a private talk. This encounter of Jesus and Nicodemus is in John chapter 3. Now this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus is where we get the famous John 3.16 passage. All we really know is that during the conversation, this idea of eternal life comes up. Jesus tells this man that in order to have eternal life, a life in heaven, a guaranteed future, you must be born again. And now in 2020, if you say be born again, most of us have some sort of idea of what we're talking about. You've probably heard that phrase before. However, back in this story, Nicodemus did not understand. I mean, imagine hearing the idea of being born again for the very first time. It would sound impossible and maybe a little crazy. Why? Because we were already born. How can you do it again? So he questions Jesus about how it would be possible to be born again. He said, can someone re-enter the womb to be born twice? This idea perplexed Nicodemus. But what Jesus was saying, what Jesus meant, was that in order to have a future, in order to have the hope of heaven, your old self needs to die and you must be reborn as a new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Zombies have no future. We have a future because of the love God shows us. When describing this rebirth to Nicodemus, Jesus presents this beautiful promise. He tells him, for God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. We have a future because God loves us. Remember what Paul told us in the letter to the Ephesians? He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Once you were dead, but because of the love of God, he has given you a new life. As a follower of Jesus, we have hope. 
we have purpose. We have a future. The thing we need to do is to start living like it. Far too often in my own life, I live as if I have no hope. I live as if I have no purpose. I live as if I have no future. Anytime zombies are portrayed in media, the point of the movie or the show is the search for the cure. We have these undead monsters roaming around, searching for victims, passing along this infection, and the heroes in the story are frantically searching for a cure. Like I said, I'm not a zombie movie guy, but I do remember watching this one. I Am Legend with Will Smith, maybe you remember it. During the entire movie, Smith's character is collecting blood samples because he believed that the cure for this zombie infection was going to be found in blood. For us, for mankind, we have a sin problem. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us that everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And similar to I Am Legend, our cure is found in blood. Not in some vaccine like in the movie, but in the shed blood of Jesus. Romans chapter 5 verse 9 tells us, Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Jesus gives us hope, purpose, and a future. Today, I want to offer two challenges. The first is for anyone who is not a follower of Jesus. I'm just going to ask you this simple question. What are you waiting for? You are walking around dead, but Jesus offers hope. Remember our big idea today, Jesus brings us back to life. If you would like to find out more about following Jesus, please email me at ksmith at thewocc.com. The second challenge is for anyone else. The challenge is to be fully alive. Jesus has brought you back to life. It's time we start living like it, living with hope, living with purpose. What's one step that you can take to live a full life for Jesus? At one time or another, we are all walking around dead, but Jesus brings us back to life. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for Jesus who brings us full life. God, thank you for the salvation that we experience through Jesus. And God, help anyone who hears this message today that needs to take steps towards full life, to experience what Jesus has to offer. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.